Hey everybody, this is Serving Up Comics, coming to you from our location in L.A. Uh, it's a secret location, no one's allowed to know. It's Gene's apartment. It's my house. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my studio apartment. Yeah, uh, today we're going to be talking about Shang-Chi, Batman, our, uh, not only that, but also we have a special interview uh, that Gene did mm -hmm. with uh, one of the cast members of Life is Strange, yeah. uh, which I can't wait to see, and I hope you guys are excited for it first, but... Here we go. We're going to get into the episode. I can't wait to see what uh, what exactly happens. Yeah. First thing, Shang-Chi. I did, yeah. I, saw. You, I, I saw it Friday. You saw it Saturday, I saw right? it delay, yeah. Saturday. Yeah, you saw it, yeah. You saw it yesterday. Yeah. How'd you like it? I thought, like it? Um, I thought it was fairly good um, in terms of like, you know, I don't think there's ever like a bad Marvel movie. Even right, like right, Thor right. The Dark World is like, has like entertaining aspects about it. Shang-Chi was, um, someone compared it to like Tekken. <laughs> Um, a little bit, a little I, bit. No. Okay. <laughs> That's, yeah. Well, like it, it's like such a interesting like kung, like kung fu movie. Like it really goes into being this sort of like kung fu sort of. Um, it's very it's very like like Eastern in terms of like storytelling in terms right, of like right. um, you know like a lot of Chinese martial arts films dealing with um, some of those themes and. I thought it, I thought it was fairly good. Um, I had some problems with like the third act. I felt it was kind of messy, and some of the cameos kind of took me out of the movie. Even though they were like interesting to see certain characters, I'm like, um, I'm not sure if I'm just being like a nerd or whatever. But things things I'm like, wait, but why is Wong in this fighting tournament? You know, is that like his like? Um, well, it, it Wong's wasn't... just that's how he like how he like. Um, gets out how he like has fun he just fights people <laughs> i thought that's cool i i because i thought that the because we all know that marvel doesn't put things in movies just to put things in movies sometimes right and they, that there's they're always they always leave like little tiny easter eggs mm -hmm. in order for us to later on then go oh that's what that was about yeah and stuff like that and i think that wong is training the new avengers Okay. Like training, training another like you know strong. Right, or they're getting together. Yeah, yeah. I guess full on spoilers at this point, right? Yeah, full on spoilers. Right. I mean, that by the time this comes out, the movie's been out for at least a week or so. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's full on spoilers. But I do think the Abomination Wong thing, because if you, I was going to get into it later, but the whole thing with the Hulk, because it kind mm. of looks like Bruce Banner can no longer become the Hulk. Yeah, it looks like in he's, credits. Yeah, the end credit scene, he looks yeah. very injured. He looks like he's aging incredibly fast. For... Well, Mark Ruffo is kind of up there. He's like 50-something. He is 50-something, but the thing is that they... They don't like... What, how can I say this? They do makeup for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. And even though Mark Ruffalo is getting older, like he is kind of... He is starting to gray. He's starting to do everything like that, and that's fine. But that's also, you know, somebody had to look at that and go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, which are, he looks older or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, we're not going to color his hair. We're right. not going to do anything else. Um, and he looks kind of disheveled. Like, and it looks more like he's kind of like the intel and science guy now and less of the, because he's no longer, um, what was it, Smart Hulk. Yeah. He's no well, even when he was Smart Hulk, like, he wasn't very helpful sometimes. Where in terms of um, he just helps them with time travel, he just becomes like a tech character, and then in Endgame, like I think he just kicks someone, and that's the only time he like like does anything hulky, like he smashes some stuff for I, comedic, but I, he's not like attacking people, like he's just kind of like. But I mean, like attacking, like he does, because I mean, he does do things inside of like the battle, which are the 
the Battle of Thanos. Like, you see him fighting in the background. Yeah, he's just in the background. But then his arm's still broken. His arm is still hurt, but I imagine that that's from... Because it's the same hand that he used the Infinity Gauntlet Mm -hmm. on, stuff like that. That's correct, yeah. And so I imagine that that amount of destruction... That was that was like brought into his hand. I yeah. imagine it's something that you know you just don't recover right. instantaneously or over. I mean, not only that, but also I think this takes place like maybe a month later. It's like fairly go, yeah, I would say fairly soon. Because I because from what people are kind of putting together is that this is probably taking place at the same time. Far from home is happening. Yeah, of like Spider Man and Spider Man is in Europe, and this is what's going on in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. And uh, it's it's really interesting because right now all of the Marvel movies are kind of put out of whack. They're, the timeline is super skewed. And because of uh, COVID? Or because of, because like of COVID those? and release dates okay. and stuff like that. Yeah. Because if you look at the original release dates, it was supposed to be... Um, Me for Black Widow. It was supposed to be Black Widow. Then it was supposed to be going straight into, um, what was it, Winter Soldier, uh, Cap and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Then it was supposed to go into WandaVision. WandaVision. Then we were supposed to, and uh, in between those two was supposed to be Black Widow. Right. Then after that was supposed to go into Loki. Mm-hmm. Then that was going to lead us into the Eternals. Then the Eternals was going to lead us into Shang-Chi. Yeah. And so on and so forth. So a lot of uh, moving dates and shows like... I want to say, like, um, conveyor belt isn't, like, the right word, because, you know, I think these movies are made with, like, a lot of craft, but it shows, like, if you, it's almost like a conveyor belt, um, if you, like, if you're assembling stuff, and if you don't get, like, one thing assembled, they all start, like, piling up, you yeah, know, like, all these things got, like, backlogged in well, there. yeah, because, I mean, yeah. I think it's the... Obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, obvious reasons and everything else, but not only that, but also, I think... It, it it really does hurt the it, it hurts the the timeline where now people are kind of going okay so when does this take place because that was the benefit of phase one through three mm-hmm. of you can kind of assume that the events of the last movies all took place already yeah they've already like even in Fury's big week uh, the events of Iron Man Thor and Hulk are all happening rem- around the same time. around the same time yeah. like Iron Man is still dealing with his thing. While Hulk is, you know, being shot at over at the, mm-hmm. uh, what was it? Just kind of like how you say in the What If episode of uh, Fury's. Oh yeah, week that was a good What If episode. Have you been thinking those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are pretty. It was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what was it? I, I think it's. I, I liked it. I liked the Doctor Strange one. Still don't like Cap- the first one. Oh, the uh, Captain Carter. Yeah, I still hate that one. Okay. because uh, it was. It's not that it was dumb. It was just. They, it was a woman empowerment episode about like we should really listen to a woman and they mm. did a slideshow. Oh, yeah. It was, um, for that, like, it reminded me of, um, again, and it's, I think, like, it was a cool concept, but, like, the, the things in the episode are happening so fast, it's, like, that montage in Cap the First Avenger, where it's, like, he goes experiencing all these tours I, of war. I, I, and it was kind of, like, the whole episode was kind of montage where uh, we didn't really see too much development. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't like that, and it's really, it really did kind of frustrate me of, like, they did that, and I feel like that was an aesthetic choice they did because they were like, well, they did in the first Avenger. And right, it's like, yeah. well, yeah, they also did that in the first Avenger because it's a war. And right. it was a really long war. Yeah. Could <laughs> and, show everything. Yeah, to, like, show, like, this is every single mission that Captain America went on. We just need to show that he went on missions. Yeah. But the idea of Captain Carter is this, like, premium, premium, Soldier, and then 
we just like kind of skip everything. Yeah, I kind of skip around. We skip sure. we skip around and we're just kind of like giving her things. It, it was really lame. But yeah, mostly enjoying it. Mostly uh, enjoying it. Yeah, I mostly yeah, enjoying whatever. For sure. You know, uh, and then we had some friends who were kind of too, so gotta gotta support it. Yes, way. yes, I, we do have some friends that support that. Well, they made it, and I I like what's come after. Yeah, I like everything that's come after this. After the first episode, I just did not did not like. Okay. Agent Car- the which yeah, Captain yeah. Carter one, but um, yeah, I mean besides, it's huh? It's all subjective. Yeah, you know? no, I I I do not get canceled because apparently I didn't like it because. Oh well, no, I mean you know I mean there's like stuff where um, for Clone Wars, you know, um, I didn't like the Mortez sisters that arc. That's because you're sexist. <laughs> but when they brought them back in the Bad Batch, I liked them a bit more. Um, I actually, really li- I actually really like those Mortez sisters yeah. episodes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't get into that one with like Ahsoka and all that, but I liked you know. seeing Ahsoka make friends. Yeah. Uh other than Jedi. Uh but that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. For Shang Chi, I think that the what's it called? I really liked it just because it took a lot of notes of like the of like the Shanghai noons, rush hours, you know that aspect. A lot of, of like Asian cinema. A lot yeah. of Asian cinema. A lot of like you know American to Asian cinema. Mm-hmm. You know like this. You know we're we're both investigating something and or like Shanghai noon or Shanghai nights where, you know it starts off with you know somebody who doesn't who really doesn't know what's going on. He they're very much the fish out of water. Yeah. And then now the martial arts specialist is kind of who is indoctrinated into whatever is going on in the world is now introducing them. And then that person now has the same reactions we do of being introduced to the world Yeah, and everything else. I mean, you see it all the time. Just like I said, the lot of Jackie Chan movies. Yeah. Um, something like police story. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Some of it, a lot of his other, yeah. Films from China. Yeah. are certainly like that. I haven't seen all of them because he did, he's done like a lot of fucking movies. Yeah. He's done like almost like 200 I know, that's crazy. Yeah, that man works. There's a reason why he doesn't do American movies anymore, because (laughs) we work too slow. Yeah. (laughs) He'll do like, he'll do like eight movies in like four months. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, the character of Shang-Chi, I thought, um, he was fairly, he was fairly, um, unique. I'd like the, the fact where he was, um, just like this kind of, um, like he was trying to fight against this indoctrination. Very much so, yes. Um. The way that they portray him, um, someone, did, some people didn't like Aquafina. I felt she was fine, Aquafina. You know what? I think like, that I, because uh, I get it. Sometimes Aquafina is too much. A little bit, so, yeah. So, sometimes I think she's really funny, though. I she can be funny. She very much can be funny. But there are certain points in movies because Aquafina is great. Mm-hmm. But like just like in um, Crazy Rich Asians or in. Um, What's it called? She was in Jumanji. She was in Jumanji, and now she's in this one. But I feel like it's up to the director to kind of rein her in. Yeah. Because it's kind of like when you let, like, Jim Carrey or something like that, and you just kind of go, like, do whatever you want. And they kind of just kind of, like, revert back to what they really, what they're known for doing. Right. And stuff like that. And you don't get the best possible performance out of them, even though whatever they did might have been funny. Yeah. And sometimes it just becomes a little too much, and it takes you out of the movie. And I feel like Aquafina did a great thing of being that fish out of water, that person that was brought into this mystical like environment. Yeah, she's an audience stand-in. She very much is. Like I like the idea of you know uh, there's a there's a scene on the plane where he's giving yeah. her the entire backstory and everything else, and then you know she, he's then explaining how to pronounce his name. That his name is Shang Shi, mm-hmm. and then she goes, "Wait, your name is Shang?" And he goes, "Yeah." She goes. 
so you changed your name to Sean? Like, no <laughs> wonder why, no wonder why your dad found you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was nice. But you didn't try very hard, uh, and um, and everything else. But I thought that was really interesting. I really enjoyed uh, someone. Oh, which one? Someone you. As Shang Chi, he did a really awesome job. Michelle Yu, Michelle uh, Yu also did a great job as the aunt. Mm-hmm. Really, is that like kind of like that nice like sensei, you know? Yeah, teacher. Teacher of, yeah. aspect of it, and I think that did really well. Uh, I forget the name of his dad. Uh, the, oh, the, the actor, actor yeah, his, the actor who played his dad. Wen Wu. Yeah. Is it Wen Wu? Well, it's the character's Wen Wu, but yeah, that person. I can't think of there. Yeah, great actor. He's a great actor. I actually. What did you think of? And again, he corrects, he corrects the uh, the not the audience, but like corrects people that he isn't the Mandarin, but you know he's kind of supposed to be that Mandarin character. Yes. Um, in terms of like, it was cool, like uh, talking about kind of he puts people in their place in terms of like appropriation, and then um, Tony Lung. Okay. Tony. Yeah, Tony Lung, and then uh, what was it? Yeah, so Aquafina, Tony Lung. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all these other characters. Yeah. Would you would you think of seeing? Uh, I, I guess you can't call him the original Mandarin, but Trevor. Trevor Flattery. Trevor Slattery from. I mean, you have Ben. King, I mean, you have Ben Kingsley, and <laughs> I actually was really hoping we were going to see Trevor Flattery. Yeah, you had a feeling. Uh, I had a feeling. As soon as they put up the All Hail the King on Disney Plus, I'm like, all right. The, there's a reason, yeah, because Disney Plus put up All Hail the King. I think like two days before. Mm. Uh, what was it? before Shang-Chi came out and then like it's essential viewing and it was like and it was in essential viewings and then you were like why would this be in essential viewings if Trevor doesn't show up so mm-hmm. Trevor Flattery either that or Trevor Flattery will be mentioned yeah and everything else to let alone be the key to getting to the magical city which I think is hilarious that Trevor Flattery just made friends with a magical with the yeah magical like creature I love uh, Morris yeah Morris is very <laughs> so cute that was, that was um I just thought, well, it was like, just all, like, him talking to Morris, just mm-hmm. communicating, just saying, uh, like, yeah. your most randomest things, and like, oh, you gotta wait. But it's just, uh, and then, too, just to see, um, Trevor, like, he obviously, uh, working with terrorists, pretty terrible, but he kind of, uh, makes a point, he was, like, kind of, uh, down on his luck addict, Yeah, you he know? cleaned himself up. Like, cleaned yeah, himself like, up, like, he's not inherently up. bad, he's just kind of, like, got exploited. Yeah, he got exploited, and, like, I do like the idea that he, you know, even if you don't know who Trevor Flattery was, he gives you a synopsis of, of Iron Man 3. <laughs> like, the quickest synopsis I think I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. I think I've ever heard, and he basically kind of, like, breaks down Iron Man 3. It's a complicated movie when you think about it. Like, yeah, it's a very complicated movie, but he just broke it down into, like, maybe, like, a paragraph. Yeah. Like he broke down the VHS box <laughs> in the back. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I like seeing Trevor Flattery back. Um, he was, he honestly was one of the better parts of like the ending mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed seeing Ben Kingsley back. Uh, I like that his introduction back into the Marvel universe, uh, it works really well just because of the idea of now you've had time to think about it and you've had time to breathe. And you can kind of enjoy Iron Man 3 yeah. better. You don't have uh, oh, some fandom. I mean, you know, if you don't like the movie, um, you know, that's fine. But, like, after, like, a couple of years, I kind of want to tell them, like, get over it, you know? Like, well, I mean, you got your, you got your Mandarin now. Yeah, you have the you have actual Mandarin. real Mandarin. Um, and also, too, like, Iron Man 3, I really enjoyed that movie. I think um, one of the better... Um, Shane Black did an amazing job. Yeah. 
Phase Two films. Yeah, it was Phase Two. Definitely phase Two, yes. Yeah. So yeah, people are still hating Iron Man. Iron Man Three. It's like, really, like you saw Iron Man too. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that movie. I actually liked the Iron Man like trilogy. I really mm-hmm. liked that trilogy. Even even with Whiplash, I, I yeah. think Justin Hammer is such like, a great villain. I loved. Uh, I want to see that character back again. Justin Hammer was because I, I was actually, rewatching All Hail the King. I want uh, yeah, seeing All Hail the King. I actually wouldn't mind him seeing mind seeing him in Suit Wars. Mm-hmm. Armor Wars, yeah. Yeah, or Armor Wars. I, I think he that, might pop up, I yeah. Think, because that makes sense. Yeah. And everything else. But the the other main thing that I really liked about Shang-Chi was the introduction of, like, kind of, like, this new mystical kind of um, dimension hopping. Yeah. Where apparently there are other dimensions that have been connected to our dimension. Yeah. And stuff like that. And they've already kind of introduced that with, like, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, everything else. I guess what if, too, what if, because, yeah. well, but what if is mainly taking place because of the TVA? Yeah. That, like, they've already, they've already, uh, Marvel has already said the reason why what if is happening is because we're watching the branches from the TVA. Right. Was, it would be such a downer in every episode, like, a TVA agent just comes in and just, like, prunes everyone. <laughs> that would be <laughs> That's right. how they all end. That would be pretty downer. But, uh, what was it? Well, I mean, because their marketing is t- the TVA uh, with um, the watcher talking in the background. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, and I really like that. That's a that's an interesting idea of like oh yeah the watcher and everything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we do we are introduced to these like mystical creatures. We are introduced to everything else. I mean, we were kind of introduced to mystical creatures in uh, what's it called Iron Fist Iron a little <laughs> bit. Um, I don't know if any of that's in continuity anymore. No. Well, because uh, I don't know. They still talk well, about because they're, they're talking about Daredevil coming back. Right. Um, Spider-Man. Well, uh, which D'Onofrio is like, yeah, man, like I'm down to come back in Spider-Man. He might. The rumor is he might be in Hawkeye. If he's in Hawkeye, even better, because D'Onofrio is a he's great a kingpin. He's yeah. a great kingpin, and I think that also um, we have a great Daredevil too. Uh, yeah, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox did an amazing job, and I would really hate to lose. School of all the martial, yeah, all the martial artists characters getting like reintroduced in the MCU, like Daredevil. Yes. Like, you know, finally showing Shang-Chi. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I would really like it because now that you're showing Shang-Chi, I think that would be really cool if, you know, Spider-Man and Shang-Chi kind of meet. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they develop the, the way of the spider. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool yeah. fighting style from yeah. the comics, for sure. Yeah, like, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, you have both of them that are, that so, are in the Marvel Universe. Right, so I had some problems um, with the third act. Okay, so Either. I I liked the third act. I yeah. thought it was fun. I could, but, but also, I really like... Eastern movies. Mm. Like, I, I like how weird they get at the end. Yeah. And stuff. Because like it that. got weird. Like, the fact there was a dragon, like, two dragons, like, a soul eater. I liked that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, maybe I need to see it again, or just kind of like, but I felt like that was a lot. That was a lot to take in. And it could just be me. I think it's just you. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe it is. But, it, like, I felt just it was tiny bit messy. Um, Not really, because, I mean, they were already talking about, because the entire movie they're talking about this mystic, this mystic village yeah they keep on talking about mystic villages they keep on talking about how dragons like dragons and like the great defense like the great guardian like the mom kept talking about it and i think if you got there and they were just like yeah we're gonna wipe all that there is no dragon there's nothing else you know she was just telling a fantasy story i think that would have been kind of lame Mm -hmm. like you had to kind of see what she was talking about because you also have to see what was she defending yeah so ruthlessly like what what 
what would be so powerful? And she was even saying, oh yeah, like I was granted powers by the great defender, mm-hmm. the great guardian, or great protection. Yeah. Great protector, uh, which is also known as Ping Fang Foom. Yeah. But, um, I love that. Uh, it's such a... <laughs> Ping Fang Foom is such a weird 50s Marvel character. It's just a giant talking dragon. It's a giant talking dragon. So. Sometimes he has pants. He has like purple pants sometimes. And some... the Hulk? Kind of like the Hulk, yeah. Um, but that was like very early 60s drawings. We but... gotta make sure to cover the, the dragon. You don't want to yeah. see, <laughs> <don't wanna> see anything <laughs> inappropriate right. for the dragon. A made up character. This isn't a Ralph Bakshi cartoon. Yeah, but I I do think that going into, you know, and the way that Shang-Chi kind of developed and everything else, I feel like you had to have that wonky, uh, like, ending. Yeah. And everything else. Like, well, not not even wonky, I just thought that mystical ending, because, wait, hold on, now that I'm thinking about it, Mm -hmm. you were okay with a man with magical rings that that allowed him super strength and immortality? But the dragon the is dragon. where it went too far. That's where <laughs> oh, like, the movie was just like, you were like, nope, jump the shark. Uh, it was just, it was just, there was just so much going on with, you know. I don't but know. That's, that, but that's where it jumped the shark for you? I don't think it jumped the shark. I was just kind of like, all right, this is like, this is a lot. That's what, that's the only thing. I'm like, this is a lot. Like, a lot of concepts, a lot of, you know, crazy elements. But hey, like, I thought it was still good. It was just kind of like. I know, I'm just kind of, yeah. I'm just kind of amazed by like, like that was the line mm. but um anyway uh yeah i mean you i mean you didn't like it and but there are a lot of like different mystical things like even uh, crashing tiger hidden dragon yeah that gets like real that gets real weird too yeah it gets real weird but i but you know it's it's a great movie and everything else um there's a lot of you know chinese movies that, are, that do get or eastern movies that get very very uh mystical or kind of weird at the end i think you just kind of have to accept it yeah and stuff like that and go okay yeah this is the movie i'm watching um but besides that uh how did you like the movie overall like fight oh, scenes and yeah overall like, like some really great fight some really great fight choreography um some really interesting storytelling like it was very um felt like kind of like a spy movie at certain like points where they're globe trotting going around the world collecting like artifacts and yeah um i felt like that was that's kind of like a a thing about those like buddy cop you know uh traveling movies because like that was like a big thing in rush hour two where like they were globe driving where they went from china then they went to new york i mean not new york to vegas vegas yeah rush oh, hour two yeah I mean, or to l no i'm sorry to, to la, LA to, to, china. to china i mean yeah, to, yeah so la china and then back to la and then well, well, yeah, I love Rush Hour too. Rush Hour too. Like, yeah, so I mean that globe trotting thing. I mean that works, and that's really and that's a lot of fun, and it's it's really nice to also get these like fish out of water things and everything else. Like especially with Aquafina, kind of she came to Macau, and you know even though she is uh, what was it Asian, <laughs> she doesn't really her her Chinese isn't. I mean her Mandarin isn't all that great. Right. Yeah. And everything else, and you know she's still kind of that fish out of water. You know, she's amazed by, like, all these things that are happening around her, whereas uh, Chung chi is very much like, yeah, like, this is normal. Like, yeah. Normal. Well, yeah, no, it's a really good um, showcase of, like, culture and kind of, like, that specific, like, yeah. you know, bringing in, like, talking to that Chinese perspective. For sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, which is, you know, interesting. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have known that before, so. Yeah. Very informative. I think that's really cool. Uh, after credit scene, what, uh, did you, what, 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 did, what did you think? The first, yeah, we talked a little bit about the first one. It was cool. Um kind of raised some like questions like on Hulk and stuff but it was it was cool like 
Um, you know, Wong's just hanging out with them. And Cap show Captain Marvel again before the Marvels and Bella uh, Banner's line of like, welcome to the circus. You yeah, know, like, welcome like, to the circus. Like, it's just, this is pretty much a mess. Yeah, yeah. like all this dumb stuff always happening to us. You have to take care of it. Yeah. Um, uh, inside of the Ten Rings, Wong makes a huge, huge discovery that the, uh, the, the rings, rings are yeah. basically alive. Like, they're a beacon. They're yeah. making, they're calling someone. To what? We don't and, know. And for what and why? Yeah. What, what, what is your prediction for that? How exactly? Um, man, because there's just like a lot of uh, like characters that they could use. I mean, just in terms of like um, something like, I don't know, Galactus or I don't know if that's... Like, I, don't think, I don't think it would be like the Harbinger. Like, I don't think it would be like their their harbingers or anything like that yeah. unless in, unless uh wing Wu got him off of, Har of one of the heralds of galactus yeah in which like because it did say that they found either in a crater or inside of a uh tomb yeah there was, like the legend's still out on it there's there's a lot it could be um the only thing i've been noticing is there's they're just building towards secret invasion mm -hmm. but it, this doesn't feel like a part of that that's a specific storyline well, they're building towards Secret Invasion and everything else. For the shows, for yeah. For the shows. Yeah. I'm kind of iffy about Secret Invasion. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, a, it was a, it's an okay comic. Yeah, it really is just about, it's like, not, five issues of nothing. Happening. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but also it's a, it's a, it's such a great way for them to kind of go, like, yeah, the thing you didn't like about this character, it was because they were a scroll. Yeah. Like, it's such a cop-out, yeah. Yeah, it's very cop much a cop-out. It was a cop-out in the comics, and... I feel like that's a cop out, in, even in the movies. Of like, he's a scroll, and that's why you didn't like him, mm -hmm. and everything like that, or in everything else. Um, I, you know what? Before we move on, uh, yeah. what did you think of the villain? What did you think of Wenwu? Because honestly, I felt like this was more of his movie than it was kind of Chang mm. Chi's. No, no, yeah, I thought Wenwu was really interesting as like a very complex villain, like just you know the relationship between him and his son, where his son just doesn't want to be him. And that's just a very, you know, makes you care about these characters, even though they still kind of care for each other. Right. And it was a very nuanced performance, you know, the fact that, you know, he wants his son to succeed him, but then, you know, he wants to just basically, like, you know, domineer his son's life, you know, yes. don't give him a choice. So, yeah, I thought that was a really complex sort of, like, dad issues, I guess. For yeah, very, very much so. Uh, I also thought that, you know, the dad... the. Wenwu is very is very much a complex villain because he has this I'm going to conquer the world. He meets his love just like kind of like in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where they fall in love mm -hmm. via via combat. Via fight, yeah. yeah, via combat. You know, when you when you when you fight a woman, you know, you're like that's the one. Well, not only that, she beats you up. Not only that, but also, you know, he hasn't been beaten in over a thousand, yeah. like maybe over a thousand years. You know, and is the first woman to just like totally destroy you. Yeah, everything like that. I mean, how could you not? But the the bigger thing is, is that uh, I really enjoyed the idea of him wanting to put it away. He destroyed, he, which I, he, you know, he disbanded the, the Order of the Ten Rings mm -hmm. and everything else. Uh, he had a family, did all these other things. And I think that's kind of an interesting idea. Uh, and maybe the reason why, you know, uh, Aldred Gillian thought it was okay to steal the this legend oh, of yeah. the order of the ten, ring, ten rings because at a certain point they were kind of defunct. Yeah, 
kind of an act of oh god, I didn't notice that. It was very, it was, it was defunct, and like there was, there, there was like this legend of like uh, of a, a guy of you know this like ageless warrior that kind of you know ordered them around, and you know they're now defunct and not really a terrorist organization, and him bringing them back up mm-hmm. and kind of like trying to use their name to scare you know everybody. Yeah, and I think that was kind of cool, and everything else. Uh, that kind of idea, especially since he even said, like, oh, yeah, like, as I had to, like, rebuild the Ten Rings mm-hmm. when I came back. Like, when your mother died, I had to rebuild the Ten Rings. And if you think about it, he was only gone for six years because mm-hmm. he said he was seven when he started. And then for another seven years, he trained. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been, like, ten. And then I think he says he hasn't seen, yeah. How long have you trained? Wonky timeline there, but I want to say it was like from he said, like he seven said, to like when he was fifteen. Because so I thought like it was like seven, so it was eight years, and then another six years. Yeah. So it's maybe been thir- So what? Seven, thirteen years, yeah. and everything else. That would be that would align. Yeah. That would kind of align where he's only kind of coming back for like the next for like the past four years. Yeah. Of like trying to rebuild the ten rings. Yeah, maybe he got like snapped away or something too. Like there's that five year gap. There, yeah, there is that five year gap, but I don't, I, I do, I don't think that he was snapped away. I think because a lot of the people in this movie, I feel like were some of the people that didn't stay. Yeah, I'm just dropping in to tell you that unfortunately we had some technical difficulties. This recording ended um, a little too short. Um, right now, we're gonna cut away to an interview that we had with uh, our friend of the show. His name's Eric Erickson. And he was the voice actor in Life is Strange too, so you get to hear all his tales about acting. All right, so have a uh, special guest on this uh, interview segment, a uh, good friend of mine. Um, I've worked for him, um, had a uh, pleasure of uh, working on the same features. Um, my good friend Eric Erickson, how you doing, good sir? Hey, it's good to see you, man. I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, I know. I think like two years. Um, we worked on. Arctic Apocalypse. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, was it, that was two years ago. You know, it's uh, it feels like there's no time and space anymore. It's yeah, all, it's all <laughs> wobbly and figure it out. But yeah, there was uh, after the pandemic and before the pandemic. Before, That's yeah, only, only AP and BP. Are we gonna start calling it that? <laughs> I, I'll call it that. But yeah, um, it's good to have you on the show. Um, you know, we worked on uh, Jurassic Galaxy together. We've kind of like run in the same circles, I guess. You know, John Condalik, James Condalik, who we've had on the show before. So Eric, just tell us a little about yourself and your background, just for any viewers. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a filmmaker, uh, writer, actor, uh, director, I guess, uh, multi-hyphenate, um, yes. also an author. Uh, I founded a, a small production company. We're growing but I shouldn't say small, we're growing, mm-hmm. uh, called Viking Dog. We're an entertainment company. We do film and publishing, and we have some other projects that we work on. And um, I'm just uh, stumbling along in this little industry like everybody else. And I'm a storyteller. That's what I tell people when they ask me what I do. It's all about telling stories and entertaining people. Um, Eric, um, also kind of lending itself to these you know the show um you know we have comic book fans but a lot are video game fans and uh as some listeners may not know you are big joe and life is strange too tell, I us, am. A, tell us a little bit about that because that's um 
I'm a I'm a big Square Enix fan. You know, I'm a I love uh, some of the games. Um, the First Life is Strange is great. Um, played a lot of the um, played a lot of the spinoffs and everything. Talk a little bit about working with uh, Square. So so the the first film I did um, Far Cry Primal. I was in I wasn't in the game, but I was in the 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 ad campaign. So I actually played the main character in the commercials. So that kind of got me into like that circle. And then um, I, I read for Life is Strange 2. I knew nothing about the game. I'd never heard of it. And um, I got cast and we shot it. I'm sorry, we shot, we recorded it um, in a little studio. And it was, it was a black, I think we did five days. And I didn't know anything about the character. So the, the voice director really worked a lot with me. And he's like, trust me, this is what it is. They didn't even have a character designed for me to see. Hmm. So he's like, they were very adamant that it's like, that's, it's you. Like your voice is perfect, what we're looking for. And that's what every actor wants to hear. But the director, if I remember correctly, was in France and he actually called in and he would like give his notes. So I'm listening to one guy in the other room. And then I hear a voice like from a, from coming in from France with this accent. He's like, oh, do it like this. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, it would change everything. And it was, it was the one tough thing about it was it was a lot of one-liners. And if you play the game, you know, it's 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 not, he doesn't pontificate. He doesn't have these big monologues or anything. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of just like, hey, shut up. Hey, so you know, it was one throwing out one-liners and and the 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 voice director was very like great you know i just i need this version i need this version i need this version so it was a lot of fun i'd never really done anything like it before and then it, when it came out i didn't realize how big the fan base was and i didn't realize how passionate they were about these characters mm-hmm. and i started watching some of the playthroughs and how much they hate this guy <laughs> and then i was listening to these people like oh that asshole the freaking this da, 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 da. And i'm like cool <laughs> you did the job yeah i'll take it mm-hmm. you know so so every once in a while i'll pop in and I'll, I'll i'll be on like instagram and i'll scroll through and i'll see people talking about it i'll be like oh i'm glad you like the i'm glad you like the character and they'll be like big joe responded to my thing oh my god da, da, da. i was like all right that makes my day you know that's, that's cool <laughs> that's awesome yeah because i was gonna say like big joe like uh, he's a really like rough character he's just like you know, just a big biker dude, right? Yeah, he's a he's like he works on the pot farm and he kind of like he oversees the the kids and mm-hmm. he's he just doesn't take any crap. He's just yeah. really kind of like he doesn't hate his job, but he definitely doesn't he doesn't want to be there. He's like he, he just kind of goes through the motions and doesn't want to deal with their shenanigans. He gets hit in the head at one point with a with an ashtray, I think it was yeah not the game yeah, one of yeah. Those, i think spoiler you, alert but <laughs> well i mean the game's been out for like that's true i yeah. think we're past that, right? yeah but it's it was good. fun it was the hardest part for me really was like when i do a lot of um over the years i've done a lot of villains and and a lot of times they ask me to like they're like play with your voice and like give it more character and you know i've done like some voiceovers like a almost like a clint eastwood thing Mm-hmm. Or it's like just show me your money you know that kind of thing yeah and that was one thing is like i kind of slipped into that he's like no 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 no. he's like just play it straight just use your normal your normal voice so it was a learning experience as well as enjoyable you know yeah. as an actor you're always looking to walk away with something and learn from it i definitely did yeah i can imagine i was gonna say also it must have been interesting because 
um, you know, if anyone is not familiar with the games, um, Life is Strange is um, choose your own adventure sort of storytelling. So you're you're acting in like two different or three different storylines sometimes where each decision the player makes, um, you know, and you're doing kind of different takes. How is it? How is that like? It was weird because basically on the wall, there was a readout, there was a screen and it had, and, and every day I would go in and they're like, here's your lines for the day. And you have no context whatsoever. You have absolutely no idea. So before each like kind of line or grouping, the, the vocal director would be like, okay, I want this one really angry or I want this one. He's like, good. Now let's try it. Like, you know, like not as angry. And it was, I had no idea the context yeah. of the scene and he wouldn't tell me. So it was really like, you're, it, you're really playing the emotion or you're playing the moment mm -hmm. versus like playing out an entire scene. Yeah. So when I finally saw this, the cutscenes and I saw the, the, the gameplay, I was like, Oh, that's what I was doing. You know? Oh, that's what I got hit with. Or that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's who I was yelling at, you know? So, but I definitely remember my favorite one was when he's, he's driving in the truck. And they're talking in the back of the truck and we had to do a whole bunch of takes of like how to tell him to shut up back there. He's like, I forget the exact line, but it's not like damn kids. Or he's like freaking, freaking, yeah. you know, kind of, thing. <laughs> but yeah, that was tough. Cause like I had no context. So you really have to you listen to the direction and listen to what they want because you have to, they know, and they're not going to really share it with you. I know that the, um, I forget the guy's name. He was really a great guy, but he also did like the transformers cartoon he was the vocal director on the, a bunch of the different transformers projects and stuff so he really knew his stuff and he really knew he's really good at working with actors and getting out what he needed so apparently the game did well people enjoyed it so he did his job i did my job so yeah yeah just yeah well <laughs> yeah just watching the <laughs> the cutscenes and everything yeah your performance really comes across well and you know you really dwelled into the character i felt oh thank you it was fun it was a lot of fun it was, a, it was a lot of fun. And we're back from that interview. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, Eric's a cool guy. And you got to hear more about his voice uh, and all his uh, talents. So that's cool. Hope to have him on the show again. Yes. Um, so talking about Batman, the animated series, we're making our way through season one. We're almost getting there. It's like, they're good. They're, really, they're, yeah. they're, they still hold up. They, they still hold up. They what, really do. Just to kind of jump into them, what did you think of The Last Laugh? The Last Laugh, um, I thought, was a very... Um, it reminded me of something like out of the 70s, 60s sort of Batman comics where mm -hmm. the Joker does something, you know, like Laughing Fish or, you know, puts the whole town in hostage, but it's not like something like serious. No, yeah, it's, I mean, pretty serious. it's pretty serious. It's serious. Yeah. I meant not something like the Dark Knight where it's like with bombs or like holding, you know, like toys. It's just the like laughing gas and everything. And well, because I thought it... What did he say? Because I, I remember it, early on in the episodes, they even say like, "We have to, we have to fix this now, or else they slowly go insane." Yeah. Or else, like, if we don't fix, and that was kind of like their thing. Because I remember even when they were developing the show, they were like, "We can't have the Joker murder people." Yeah, yeah. Because it's all earlier comic books. You know, he kind of well, he did, he did in the movie Mask of Phantasm, but not in the cartoon itself. Yeah, and the well, I feel like the Mask of Phantasm because it was actually getting a theatrical. Yeah, like, they, could, they could do that. Uh, just, just get a PG-13 or a PG rating. Yeah. But, um, yeah, TV can't do that kind of stuff. Like, especially with cartoons. Yeah. Like, you could not kill somebody. That was the whole reason why they came up with the laughing gas, mm -hmm. uh, like, mythology. Yeah. 
and everything else. But yeah, so Joker holds Gotham at bay, or Gotham at ransom, and tries to mess with Batman. I mean, it's a pretty simple episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's very straightforward. I, I like the straightforwardness of it, though. Um, you know, it's just one concept, and it's like one thing, and it's just that's the whole episode. And it's got, and it's kind of, it has Joker kind of running all over town, and Batman trying to catch him. Yeah. And that's it. It, it really does show the great um, dynamic that both. Mark Hamill and also Kevin Conroy have this like great chemistry between them where it's perfect antagonistic mm-hmm. where they you know one can just per- just for some reason it just sounds like they can just perfectly antagonize each other or yeah. uh, like they know the buttons to push yeah and exactly yeah it's so it's just really good it's yeah it's really good that's why I feel like they're the best mm-hmm. I feel like you know every single time I read a comic book I always think Mark Hamill Kevin Conroy's voice yeah I <laughs> I do that as well. Yeah, reading it with the, with their with their voices in mind, like mm-hmm. kind of like reading it over. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's always a good yeah, <laughs> always a good way to read it. But is there anything special about this episode that you want to talk about? No, I was just gonna say I love the little like motif of the theme. That's like there's like and there's this just like one musical theme that just keeps playing as like Joker, Joker like, you know, spreads his. I feel like that was the. I feel like they got the. They got the idea from uh, Batman eighty nine. Eighty nine. Oh yeah. Because with, yeah. with the laughing gas, it's kind of like what's happening is he has the right. same. As long as you have the scenes where he's put, like the gas is spreading. Yeah, no, he, I, I he, could. It has that same like musical I, score. Yeah, I could see that as well because the show is very influenced by Batman eighty nine. Yeah. Um, because it's coming out. This is ninety two. Like right before Batman Returns. 89's already came out, still in the public consciousness, public consciousness, excuse me, yes. and a lot of, the, like, the Batmobile looks pretty similar to 89. The gothic appeal to it, the mixture of, yeah. between, uh, like, this, like, 1950s, but also 90s, 90s yeah. tech. So, yeah, um, the Batwing looks pretty similar, and even, like, the, even though uh, Shirley Walker, the composer, she does, like, a motif on the Danny Elfman yeah, theme Daphne, Daphne but it's still kind of using yeah it still has those dun, 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 dun. yeah it's still like it still has the, the melodies yeah yeah very much so and uh, I, I do feel like this is kind of like their homage mm-hmm. to the 1989 movie because I mean yeah. how, how much closer can you get to basically the 1989 movie of like I'm just not you make everybody sick with you know laughing guests yeah exactly yeah <laughs> It's, it's as close as you can get to the 89 movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have, like, have more like Prince songs, I guess. Have more Prince party songs? Uh, yeah, man. Party Man. Uh, was it Bad Dance? Bad Dance, yeah. I, I played that for my students. And they were just like, what is this? <laughs> I'm like, like, what the Joker dance to? Wait, it's Prince. They're just like, what? I'm like, yeah, the Joker, Joker dances to this. And it's that's called cool. Bat Dance. They were just like, that's a, that's a real thing? Yeah. yeah it's, it was a weird time in the 80s, yeah. The 80s is a weird, weird time. Yes. Yeah. Um, so. Well, to kind of move on, because I mean, that one, like we said, very simple. It's twenty. It's basically twenty-two minutes of Batman chasing, chasing Joker, Joker around, yeah. trying to get him to, you know, trying to get the antidote and trying to do everything else. I mean, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty it's self-explanatory. Awesome. There's there's no further themes than Joker just trying to piss off Batman and get a rise out of him. Uh, but eternal youth is an interesting concept. Um, the idea of Alfred and Paige kind of going to this spa yeah, that Poison Ivy has been 
which is now operating mm-hmm. and the facilitator for and or soon she comes back here soon. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting this idea of mortality that mm-hmm. kind of comes up because they they do really kind of question this idea of like what what about if I was younger? Like would I change? Would I change things? Would I do everything like that? Would I still be Alfred Pennyworth? Yeah. And I really did like this idea of it's a episode that's about Alfred. Yeah. Instead of about Bruce, and I think right. that was like one of the cooler things about Bat- Batman Alfred, animated series. Alfred said, "Yeah, one. I think that's a great idea of Batman animated series is that they there are a bunch of episodes where it's just like, what if Bat- Batman shows up the last five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of save the day, yeah, and everything it's else." It's a POV in terms of storytelling where it's not just necessarily centered on Batman. Right, right. Interesting, the writing of these episodes that they're like, let's have an episode about Alfred or like Harvey Bullock or something. Yes. I mean, there was like 90-something episodes, so they had a lot. I mean, there's a lot of episodes that I think that also works out in their favor, too, because that made them think, we can't just have Batman in every single episode. Right, yeah. Like, Bruce Wayne defeating a villain. You know, how many times can we tell us? Talk about his daddy issues. Uh, I mean, his parent issues in like a single episode. We're going to have to talk about other people. And they do it really well with the, okay, so cool, we're going to talk about Alfred. We're going to talk about, you know, what does it mean to be Alfred Pennyworth? You know, does he have a good life? Does he like his life? Mm-hmm. You know, because nobody really talks about Alfred. They're just like, yeah, Alfred's there. He's the boy. He's always, he's very much Bruce's dad. Yeah. But nobody really talks about Alfred. Like, nobody goes into, like, his backstory a lot. Nobody goes into, like, how he got into the with the Waynes. Uh, like, it's just kind of like, yeah. Alfred has always been Bruce Wayne's father. Yeah. And it's nice to kind of like kind of dive into there and kind of see what his hopes, his right. dreams are. And it, it fits in the show. It's not like something like, um, what's that show about like Alfred? Was it just called Alfred? It was on Pennyworth. 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 <laughs> it's not Pennyworth. I think it's still going. Is it still going? I think it's like on season damn. two or three. God damn it. Where like something like that. That's like. Where he's like part of the British mob. You know? Yeah. Where it's like, it reminds me of um, from Teen Titans Go, the movies. You've you seen that. Yeah. There's that joke where it's like they show all the trailers, like here's a spinoff of Alfred or like the Batmobile <laughs> or like Batman's utility. <laughs> oh yeah, like everything needs a spinoff except for Robin. Robin. <laughs> it's just like, when do I get a spinoff? When do I get my own spinoff? Yeah, he got Titans. So. Yeah, he got Titans. Yeah, like, he was enjoying that. Yeah, I, I don't even want to get into that. All right. That show, that sh- that, that show is a mess. Uh, <laughs> they killed off like one of the best characters. Oh. <laughs> and then just went like, yeah, Jason Todd did it. I haven't seen uh, it. So. Yeah, it's not a. It, the idea, the story of Jason Todd is such a great story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good and it gives you so much depth, especially when Jason Todd comes back. Because if you do it correctly, yeah. you can have this real morality tale mm-hmm. between him and Batman. Right. It's like I would do anything to avenge you, and the idea of Bruce kind of like sticking to his guns and having principle. And knowing if I did that, there's no going back. Yeah. And then just watching Titans just go, I mean, that's cool, but what if we went the other way? <laughs> what if we just made it where yeah. Batman just bludgeons the Joker in Arkham Asylum mm-hmm. and then just. I leaves. saw a clip of that on YouTube. Yeah, like, I killed leaves. him. Yeah, I killed him. You know what he did when I, I was beating I, his brains in? I he really was see, uh, Who's that movie playing Game of Thrones? Jorah? Or he didn't play yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's Jorah Mormont. Yeah. I want to see him in the back costume. Never seen that. You, you you don't. Like, you'll, you've That's never so seen him in the Bat costume. He's never... I don't think he's actually put on a Bat costume and everything else. Uh, he's only just been in a suit, which, I mean, must be an easy job. 
this must really be an easy job for him for the actor just because whenever you like you see him he's on the phone he's always like chilling like a in, like a chair with like a, some scotch and a yeah. cigar how old is he supposed to be in that show like 60 he's like probably in his like 50s okay he's probably like in his like mid to late 50s because so, like, Dick Grayson's already in his 20s. Yeah, like Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Old oh, Batman. Yeah, also, uh, Batman's just kind of a, like, Batman's a sociopath. Like, they, mm-hmm. they, they, I feel like whoever created the show did not understand Batman. <laughs> and really, oh, like, they're, like, they're telling a Batman story about Jason Todd because they're, because I guess in Titans, they're just like, the only interesting people have a bad family. So, like, we don't need to worry about Beast Boy or Starfire or any of these other characters. And they just kind of, like, Dick Grayson's on the bat computer and then he just sees like Jason Todd has been dead for like a week and Bruce is already looking for new recruits <laughs> like he, like you see Carrie Kelly Luke Fox you see like all these Tim other Drake. people yeah. uh, not even Tim, Tim Drake's not even on the list it was just oh, like wow. Carrie Kelly uh, which are Cassie Kane uh, which are Cassie Kane all these other people and then like you, like Bruce Wayne walks in and Dick's like what is this and he's like potential recruits it's like Jason just died. Yeah. You you, you jerk. Like wow. what? Like have a little remorse. Yeah. For it and exactly. He's just like this is a war, it's, and I I feel like that's too of, fanatical for Batman. Yeah, it's sure. way too fanatical. Not only that, but also the idea that because Bruce never wanted to bring these kids in. Like Bruce is like, if Bruce had to do it alone, Bruce would do it alone. Yeah. He never. He, the only reason he brings these kids in is because he sees himself in them, mm-hmm. and he realizes that the only way they can get past their trauma is to deal with it. And he he wants to be that father figure yeah. towards them. Directed somewhere. Yeah, like yeah. directed somewhere, so he puts it into crime fighting, so that way they don't go nuts with this like rage that they have. Yeah. And everything else, and then he's able to channel it and put it down to something good. Whereas this one is just like he's just like. Kind of like a child soldier, like he's like down for child soldiers, and yeah. he's just like, yeah, man, yeah. like I'm make a bunch of child soldiers and like send them at the bat, at like send them at villains, and if they die, they die, mm-hmm. and everything else. And it's so weird because they get the because they're using the hush idea, but like they're brainwashing, like Scarecrow has brainwashed uh, Jason Todd, and he just hates Batman, and it's it's so wonky, it's so so weird and then not only that but then also you're putting like while this is going on with jason todd you're dealing with blackfire and you're just like okay so like which one is more important yeah here they don't juggle storylines well they're not like batman the enemy sorry for my rant no no he brought up titans and it triggered yeah it just triggered something in me where i was like i feel like i need to talk about you either make uh i guess one of our uh Listeners, and then uh, I guess he was a guest one time, or he was a guest at one time. Uh, Noah Garcia, he loves time. Like he's either gonna be really happy or really mad about Steam to this. Sorry, Noah. Does, does he really like Titans? Doesn't he? I think he really likes Titans. Yeah, I think I, don't, I haven't seen if he if he said he liked this season, but anyway, yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> if you liked it, if you like it this season, I, I, I can see there's some. I'll have to ask. Like, uh, so there's a lot. 40. There's a lot to like in it, but there's also a lot. There's definitely way more to hate. For sure. But uh, Eternal Youth, any other thoughts? Not really. I mean, I really enjoy... I, I enjoy the episodes. Like I said, I, I really do like these Alfred-centric stories. Yeah. And I believe... I like this a, version of Alfred, too. I do like this. He's, he's like the... He's just like... his wit. He's like... He's so... 
dry, you know, that joke where he's like, I drew you a bath, <laughs> it's just like, the fuck with him? There's like no point of him like just drawing a bath and then like not Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, 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 I, I think his humor yeah. is perfect and I feel like, because okay, when I saw this Batman, I think is like the perfect Michael King. Mm-hmm. Like and I think that's why when I got when we got Michael Caine as Batman in uh, what was it The Dark Knight? Dark Knight yeah. Batman Begins. I think that's why we liked him so much, right? Because he reminded us of the animated series Batman. Yeah. Because he has that dry wit, he has that like sarcasm, mm-hmm. he has that like that very much parental like I know yeah. like I I know how to guide you through this. Yeah, the Jeremy Irons one was kind of like a little funny, but certainly didn't have that Michael King wit. Yeah, he doesn't have that, that same weight. I'm interested um, to see the Andy Serkis one. That's going to be cool. I think that... Because Andy Serkis does have wit. Yeah. Andy Serkis can pull off witty uh, very, very well. He can also pull very, he can pull off sarcastic as well. So yeah. I I really do like when they, when Batman and Alfred kind of bicker like an old married couple. Yeah. Where, they, yeah. Where, like, Batman, where, Mr. Yeah, where Batman will say something where he's doing something. He's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like uh, yeah, like this is a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we hire more children to do our bidding? Yeah. And everything else. But yeah, so I mean, I really enjoy this. I think there's like two more in the series. Okay. Of, like Alfred episodes. If I yeah. remember correctly. I think there's like two or three more. There probably there probably is. Yeah. yeah well, I, mean, well, I guess we'll find out. Keep watching it. Yeah, and everything else. Um but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think you guys really enjoyed it. Put it in the comments. Let me know what you guys liked about the episode. If you didn't like the episode, do you want to see more Alfred? What do you guys think of Andy Serkis? Like, do you think he's gonna be good? Do you think he's gonna be like Schmeagle and like, <laughs> in, in like an Alfred, in like a like a butler suit, which I think would be hilarious. It, it would, yeah. Just like he has a lot of range, so he has a lot of range. I mean, we so put him in a mocap costume. Put him in a mocap costume and make him Robo Alfred. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do with him. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to see him as Spiegel uh, and everything else. Speaking of which, uh, people are saying they're really liking the Paul Dano. Oh, yeah. It was really, yeah. That. There's been some test screens that have went out, and people are saying really good things about it. Like, he's a horror movie character, which is, you know, for the regular. Really interesting. They made him, like, like Jigsaw or something. Well, they made him uh, the Zodiac. The Zodiac. Yeah. The Zodiac killer. They, they essentially just made him the Zodiac killer. And because, uh, like, apparently, like, he murders people. He murders, like, public officials that are, like, corrupt in Gotham. There's a lot. And then, There's yeah. a lot of those motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you were going to yeah. have, like, a vigilante that's killing people, Gotham is definitely a place to start. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you have a lot of targets. A lot of targets. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, people are saying they're really liking it. They're enjoying the movie. They're saying that Paul Reeves and uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman is super good. Yeah. And stuff like that. And, I mean... And this is this is early. Yeah. This is raw screens. Mm-hmm. Like this is like without special effects. This is without uh, what was it like? Probably like cleaning up this, the the picture and everything like that. Like it's just the movies put together. It probably might not even have a score yet. Yeah, it could have a temp track. Yeah, yeah. at this point, yeah. It might not have but... like the full score just yet because yeah. that would make sense. Like, I think like just like a. But I wouldn't be surprised if for like a temp track they were using like old music. Like mm-hmm. they might just use, like if they have a new Batman theme, they might just be using an maybe, old Batman theme. Right, maybe some more Nirvana <laughs> needle drops. Some more needle drops. That was a great needle drop in that, that trailer. I've seen that trailer so many times. Yeah, I love it. Okay. All right. So our audio went out, uh, which out. So unfortunately, we had technical difficulties.
all over the place. So we're just gonna finish this up real quick with a little bit of an audio burst. Um, Gene, just to kind of finish up your thoughts on uh, Batman Eternal, uh, Eternal Youth. Yeah, I thought it was, um, I thought it was uh, one of the better episodes. Just seeing Alfred, want to see what he does. His, uh, his like hobbies, his interests. Cool. Sure. Maybe, yeah. you, maybe you should check out Penny, uh, Pennyworth. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, so I mean, go check it out. Once again, follow us on, uh, which are, follow us on our Facebook, our Instagram. Uh, yeah, which at, uh, well, we have an Instagram, finally. We, it's we at Servant Up Comics yeah, on Twitter and Instagram. Please, yeah. please follow. It's yeah, fun. go over there. Remember to hit that bell. Remember to hit the subscribe button. I see I see some of you guys. I, I look at the analytics. Some people are watching and they're not subscribed, and I don't like it. I will sick Gene on you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, go go over. Go check it out. Uh, what was it? If you like content like this, go ahead and hit that bar, that bell, and uh, check out some of the other videos, you know, some of the other stuff that we've been doing. And uh, go back and kind of listen to the other reviews of the other episodes and stuff like that. Gene, where can the people find you? Find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. And you can find me on the Nick Valero on both Instagram, Twitter, and also, uh, what was it, and Facebook as well. Uh, follow us there and catch up with us, okay? Uh, we have been professionally unprofessional. Thank <laughs> you.